The New Activist is presented by International Justice Mission, who remains deeply committed to the work of justice for the oppressed. To find out more about the work of IJM or to follow them on social, head to IJM.org. Well, this is The New Activist, a show that features conversations with activists and leaders who are tackling some of the world's biggest humanitarian issues from the front lines of injustice. My name is Eddie Koffeltz, and it is a joy to be with you today as we welcome our very special guest, Adama Sané. Adama is the co-founder and CEO of the Moleskin Foundation. This foundation is a nonprofit that was created in 2006. Yes, they are related to the Moleskin Journal that maybe you're writing in right now. We will talk about that during the interview. But this foundation embraces the experiences of the founders of the Moleskin brand who are committed to applying the very values that led to the brand's success to generate social impact. It operates in independence from the Moleskin company, but as you'll see that there are a lot of crossovers and really nice tie-ins. This episode exemplifies what I love about being a part of The New Activist with you, because really what we do is every week we explore a, a different topic with a different guest and try to get a better understanding of the world so that we could go and be activists in it. And this week's conversation about the power of Wikipedia and really more broadly about the power of owning your own story was just absolutely eye-opening to me, and I was very surprised to learn what I learned and to understand how I could be a part of that solution. I'm excited for you to hear this. By the way, if you have any guests or topics that you would like to see covered on the show, we would love for you to let us know. The best way to do that would actually be to rate and review the show. So go in, review the show if you haven't yet. And in that review, let us know who we should be talking to, what we should be talking about. I would love to read those. And also those ratings and those comments help others find the show. So it is win-win and I really appreciate it. Well, with no further ado, here is the conversation that I was privileged to have with Adama Sané. You are the co-founder and CEO of the Moleskin Foundation. Is that connected to Moleskin, like the people who make the notebooks that I'm reading this question out of right now? Yeah, to a certain extent, uh, because this is uh, the Moleskin Foundation come from a long story. And there's a long and old story that uh, starts with people. Some of our uh, of my other co-founders are some of the people who originally created the Moleskin brand. Among all of them, I need to mention our current president, Maria Sebregondi, who is also uh, a co-founder of the foundation, but she's also the person who created the Moleskine concept. Interesting enough, when Maria created the Moleskine concept, she said from the beginning that she could have created a company or a foundation, you know, already in the beginning, because... Mm -hmm the values and the ideas they were, that are behind the Moleskine brand are the same one that somehow gave birth, they gave birth to, uh, to the foundation. And I love to, to think about that, and I think it's a testimony of the uniqueness also of the Moleskine Foundation, uh, I would say, structure and the relation that we have with the company. But, but I think, again, everything starts with people because... Maria, she's the co-founder. She was one of the original creator of Moleskine. She's a co-founder of the Moleskine Foundation. But above all, she's a poet. 
She's a writer. She's a woman of culture. And so everything somehow started from, from poetry. And out of that, then you, you can, we can see some very tangible outcome of that. And one is the Moleskine brand and, and company and notebook that, uh, that all of you know. And the other one, most recent, is the Moleskine Foundation that really want to create impact in the space of creativity and social change. Got it. That makes sense. So can you give me a little bit more of like what the foundation practically is working on right now and what's the mission of it? When we created the Moleskine Foundation, we started from, uh, from a very naive question and maybe also a little bit uh, uh, marketing-oriented question. And the original question was, can creativity change the world? And from this naive question really sparked a number of very interesting conversations. Because the, the point is, you know, we started asking what is creativity for real? You know, and how can can affect change in a in a tangible way? And and out of the number of researchers and discussions, basically we created the Moleskine Foundation mission that is connected to this idea of creativity so social change. We, we, we pursue a mission of creativity for social change. That means that uh, we want to inspire, encourage, and connect young people from all over the world, but with a strong focus on marginalized communities, to transform themselves and their communities through creativity. And we do this with very concrete, unconventional educational initiatives that aim at fostering four main skills in youth. That is critical thinking, creative doing, lifelong learning, and a change-making approach. And we strongly believe that those are the skills to somehow build and, 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 and inspire a new generation of, of creative thinkers and doers that, that are the one who's going to help all of us to, to reduce inequalities and build our collective future. So the way that right now those are being expressed is what you all are calling your your initiatives. And the initiatives progress over time and it seems like there's a like a stopping point to some of them at some point. And currently there are four that you have. And one of them that I was particularly drawn to was called the Wiki Africa Education Initiative. Would you introduce that initiative to us and tell us what the foundation is trying to do there? As I said, the Moleskine Foundation is all about creativity. Yeah. But um, creativity it's, we can say that it's a function of knowledge. Creativity is not about just, uh, you know, sometimes there is this misconception that creativity is only about being a little bit artistic, you know, a little bit, you know, a little bit uh, out there, but it's not at all. Creativity is, is very concrete. And if you don't know about yourself, if you don't know about your environment, it's very hard to be creative. When we look at the African continent, and in this case, I'm saying the African continent in a, in a loose way, you know, uh, in, in, in almost like in a metaphorical way. But if we, look, if we think about that space and we look at about the level of misconception, the lack of knowledge that exists about the continent uh, online, we see that there is a gap that needs to be filled. When we had the intuition to create the Wiki Africa Education Initiative, we look at Wikipedia as an incredible space where, uh, where the, the sum of the human knowledge can be somehow accessible. And these are some of the incredible success that, uh, that, that Wiki has been able to, to reach in the past years. But when we look about Africa, the quantity and quality of information 
was extremely, there was basically almost no presence. I can give you a lot of data, but just to give you one, at the moment, there are more information about the city of Paris than about the entire African continent alone. Whoa. This is normally like the, the part where you say, oh, okay, now, now I, I understand why this is urgent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that is, it's a shocking statistic, but, and there's so, I have so many questions, but why is that? How can that be? Well, when you look at Wiki, the way it is built, Wiki is an open source process, and it's an open source platform. And, uh, and the beauty of an open source platform is that uh, it really theoretically allows everybody to, uh, to contribute to it. But uh, the dark side sometimes of an open source platform is that they tend to reflect the power structure of the world. So when you look at the, you know, um, the encyclopedia like Wiki, it's incredible in terms of content uh, of, you know, that is in, related to science, uh, related to fiction, related to physics, related to all those fields of knowledge that are somehow white male dominated and Western dominated. And there is like a, quite a strong lack uh, of knowledge in terms of uh, minorities, uh, in terms of uh, women-centric uh, uh, subjects, uh, and also like uh, uh, knowledge that are connected to the South of the world. We realize, you know, this, this gap of, of knowledge about the African continent online and especially on Wikipedia. Wiki that is in the top 10 uh, most used website in the world. And so we see there an incredible opportunity to use this platform and to contribute to this platform to really somehow try to rebalance uh, the gap that exists. Because, and again, this has a strong connection with creativity because when you don't see yourself reflected online, where there is not knowledge about your environment, your identity, your background, your history, and you're not feeling empowered to do so, then there is a direct um, connection with the complexity of really become creative being and creative citizens uh, and change makers in your own society. So basically, in a nutshell, what we try to do with Wiki Africa Education is to encourage young people from the continent and the diaspora generally speaking, African language speakers, to transform themselves from passive knowledge consumers into active knowledge producers. And within this passage, there is an element of self-empowerment of the things that you can do through knowledge and through culture by putting more information on Wiki, but by doing so, you're not only, again, transforming yourself, you're not only developing yourself, you are also contributing to your community in a large way. I'll give you um, a, a very quick and concrete example. Uh, we recently uh, were in South Africa with one of our closest partners that is Constitution Hill in Johannesburg. Constitution Hill is the museum complex connected to the Constitutional Court in South Africa. And uh, with them, we created what we call an Afro-curation. So an event where young people, in that case, more than 200, 250, came on site uh, and had uh, a beautiful discussion around the history of the Constitution. 
they had the chance to be exposed with uh, some of the most incredible heroes and protagonists uh, uh, of the fight against apartheid. And once they were all pumped up and inspired about their stories, we asked them, okay, now what you learn, put it on Wiki. And so the second half of the day was really about these young people to start writing Wikipedia entries in their own language. Is it Zulu? Is it, is it Rosa? Venda? Etc. And then they wrote those entries in that day. Now, in only one day, more than 250 articles were uploaded on Wiki in six different South African languages. The beautiful thing is that these kids, these young people, really kind of brought together this element of uh, creativity, knowledge, and activism. Because at the moment, if you put a Wikipedia entries in African language, it's really an element of activism. And not only that, in the next couple of, in the following couple of months, those entries were read more than 250,000 times. Wow. So you see how like the connection with their activity and the interest of the um, of a global level of the community kind of got together. So that's somehow is really what we mean in our mission when we say we want to uh, inspire and con- connect and encourage young people to transform themselves through creativity, through culture, leveling technology, and transforming their communities. Yeah. On a very practical level, and I, I appreciate all of that backstory on it, if I went on Wikipedia right now and tried to edit it, there's a 99% chance my edit is demolished within a minute. I mean, Wikipedia, the Wikipedia community is very intense about making sure that their information is peer-reviewed immediately quickly. Was there any pushback to when they would upload an article or upload a translation to that kind of Wikipedia phenomenon? You're absolutely right. This is the Wikipedia community are is very uh, particular about that, and rightly so, because uh, this is a voluntary endeavor. So without the, uh, the the rigor of the volunteers, Wikipedia would be in a completely different space right now. And so we had situation in which the articles were um, were changed or they were they were deleted. But I also have to say that uh, we, we are focusing strongly on, uh, on African languages. And, and in African languages, there is a less number of, uh, uh, of editors. And, and this is also why we are in the business of Wiki African Education. We really want to make sure that more people start editing a wiki because we need to reach to that element, to that level, to that number in which enough people contribute so that uh, their rigor can be transferred, you know, in, in every language. So it happened, but uh, thankfully, uh, we also work hard to make sure that, uh, that the students and the participants uh, on, uh, on the Wiki Africa Education Initiative uh, has the resources to make sure that the Wikipedia articles are written in the right, in the right way. That's why we spend, honestly, a lot of resources and time to make sure to do an introductory course for these young people on how to use Wikipedia, on the principles of Wikipedia, so that uh, we can minimize that element uh, of, um, of entries be deleted. I'm curious, as this has happened, and as you've seen just tremendous success for it, what have you seen just in the 
in the broader cultural context about having these people represented on Wikipedia? Like, what has it done to the collective consciousness to be now more representative? And I know it's a work in progress, and we're just getting started. But I, I'm curious what you've seen come out of it. So let me give you two two examples, two stories. Uh, one is is in the the process of making it happen, and and then there's some of the outcome, because I'm very keen every time to say that we are a culture organization. And the reason why I'm saying this is because we take some of the cultural practices and we try to bring it into, into a social development space. And when we do this, we, we really focus on process. Process counts as much as output, <laughs> if not more. And, uh, and what we observe, for example, in the process of, uh, of um, being part of the Wiki Africa Education, you see that there are some dynamics that were completely unexpected. Some of the most beautiful one uh, is a story of this uh, young man named uh, Perry. And uh, he's a young man from, uh, from Johannesburg. He's an Isi Zulu speaker. And when he started writing an article about COVID-19, because we run a campaign to write Wikipedia articles in, in African language for COVID-19, he realized that, yes, he speaks Zulu, but he writes Zulu not that right, not that well. So, so the things that happened was that he started engaging with the mother. And then the mother started engaging with the grandmother. And so suddenly, writing a Wikipedia article was becoming a sort of trans generational project. And the wealth and richness of the conversation and the exchange that, that happened within that family, within this three generation, in their own mother tongue, was absolutely invaluable. And so this is something, for example, that we really couldn't anticipate to a certain extent. But we then saw the type of feedback that even Perry was giving us has how he completely rediscovered his own language, where he, the mother kind of refreshed the, the, the importance of it in their own life and to build their identity, and especially for Perry as a young man. So this is, this is to me, is one, of the, one of the stories that I always like to, to tell. But also, there's another story, is one of the first uh, Wiki Africa workshop that we run uh, some years back in a township uh, uh, called Sakane. When we arrived, we were in front of this, uh, these young kids and, uh, and they were, uh, you know, we showed them that the, 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 the workshop uh, uh, leader was, was smart enough and he, she showed them the Wikipedia entries of Soweto that is very well written. There's a lot of picture because obviously Nelson Mandela, Desmond Tutu, so people, you know, contribute to that entry. And then right after, he showed them, she showed them the, the, the Wikipedia entries of, of Sakane. And there was literally one line, Sakane is a township in South Africa. That's it. And I still remember there was one kid in the, in the back of the, of the class who raised his hands and he said, this is embarrassing. <laughs> and I said, okay, well, you know, what are you going to do about it? And in that day, they learned about Wikipedia. And now if you, if you Google Sakane, the Wikipedia entry that you see is the, is the Wikipedia entry that, that these young people, these young students wrote in. And the level of proudness and, and the level of also knowledge and experience that we really understood uh, that they are the one who can do something. There is a gap and they, they are empowered through technology and through their own willingness to do it. It really was a change maker. Um, and, and after the headmaster, 
contacted us again uh, because of uh, they said that the parents of the of these kids came to the school and said like is it true that is my son who put this online <laughs> you know uh, so there was there was all a number of mechanisms that happened it's quite incredible to see the moment that somebody is encouraged to take action has the right tools to take action and do something that can empower themselves and uh, themselves and the community that they are part of uh, the the results are always unexpected and beautiful i want to pivot a little bit in our last couple of minutes um to just ask about if i may about you personally you have written of yourself that you said, I was born with a range of diversity within me, and I have experienced all the different roles that society constructed for me. I experience the role of the oppressed and the oppressor. I have been the rich and the poor, both the victim and the perpetrator. Can you give us some context to why and how like your story identifies with those statements? Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> reassess. And, sorry, did I? So, I we really pivoted. That was a fast a, pivot. Yeah, exactly. That was <laughs> a, no, but no, don't worry. Don't worry. Do you want uh, to not? It's okay if we don't want to. I can totally no, no. pivot. I have a million questions. <laughs> no worries. No worries. I can. I can give you an answer to that. Well, because I think this answer is really connect with with my current job. Yeah. You know, and my current role. Um, so, in a nutshell, I was born in Italy. Uh, and uh, my mom is Italian, and my dad was uh, Senegalese Gambian. I grew up in uh, in a country where where my body and my cultural background wasn't represented. It didn't exist. Uh, you know, I can say, I can argue to be also part of the first generation of Black Italians. Uh, you know, you have to imagine I was the only Black kid from kindergarten to university basketball team included <laughs> you mm-hmm. know yeah so so that was how i grew up and and also culturally i was between a very kind of conservative uh, uh, italian uh, family and a and a very philosophy and adventure father you know who was who was a traveler and and you know and he was and he was an intellectual so so i had this this all these worlds that were around me and not only were the worlds that were part of me i was part of a context that didn't that didn't even recognize my existence to a certain extent yeah and so within that space i needed to figure out a way to to reconcile all the contradiction that were part of my upbringing and so i try to find them in in different ways in different ve- in different venues i used to work in international development i used to work in emergency relief i went back to the continent uh, uh, you know first in east africa then to west africa to kind of try to find myself while i was trying to help whoever was around me but at, at a certain point i really realized that the tools that i was using and the and the way that i was approaching these things by finding solution to this uh, to this contradiction that were part of my life outside of me couldn't really work and so that's when i somehow got really into the cultural space and the art space because in my case i really needed to build language to do to start an introspective journey uh, to learn about myself and to do so the cultural and the artistic space were the space where i could exist and i could form myself to a certain extent and that happened quite late in my life but when i found that that space i really kind of found my true calling 
in a certain extent. And that's how now I find myself somehow into leading uh, the Moleskine Foundation because ultimately the Moleskine Foundation is about that. And that's somehow uh, what our programs and our activities and our energies and resources are there for. Something that I always want to say about the organization, the foundation, is that we have no solution to provide. Mm, <laughs> you know? yeah. uh, the only thing that we, that we believe into is that we want to make sure that as many people as possible, as many young people as possible, has enough access to tools they might allow themselves to find to find the solution that they need. And also we want to support the creation of spaces where criticality and imagination can occur. Then things will happen. So we're very much aware of where our mandate starts, but especially where our mandate stops. We have total trust in each other and in, 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 this, in this generation that, that once you create that space or you try to facilitate that space, you know, each one of us in his own capacity will do the work. I feel like there is something just, and you've begun to illuminate it, but we've asked a couple of people this on the show throughout the years, but there is some connection between a fresh moleskin journal, right? That's sitting there full of untapped creativity. It's just, it's beckoning you to fill its pages, right? And the work that the foundation is doing. What is the connection in your mind between creativity and activism? Creativity and activism are extremely close. I can even say that there is no activism without creativity. You know, sometimes the etymologies of words allow us and enlighten our path and our uh, thinking path. If you look at the, the etymology of creativity, I don't know if you ever, if you ever look it up, but... Creativity comes from the Sanskrit, uh, kar. And kar means to make, to do, to act. It's a very concrete action. It's a, it's a subset, it's a specific subset of the verb to do, right? And, and it's not only that. Uh, creativity is also connected to the idea of uh, chronos, that, that it was the original god in Greek, in Greek mythology. And so it's connected to the idea of generating, of creating. Not only that, when you, when you dig deeper in, in its etymology, it's also connected to another concept that is very beautiful in Greek philosophy, in ancient Greek philosophy, that is it's called metis. Metis is a type of intelligence. It's the intelligence, the very practical intelligence of doing things. The tales of Ulysses. Ulysses, when he was doing his adventure and figuring out things and surviving and saving and doing and changing, he was using metis. He was using that type of intelligence. So in its etymology, you realize that creativity is a very concrete action. And it's about really somehow taking responsibility for the outcome that you want to create. So creativity and activism, to a certain extent, are almost the same thing. There is no one without the other. And really, when we start from from the origin of these words, we can really see how the things are are interrelated. And so in order to, to enforce 
a practice of activism, you need creativity. But at the same time, I don't believe that somebody could call himself a creative person if he's not a form of activist, because there is no creativity without action. So to that end, I, I find it interesting that part of the foundation is that you've amassed a collection of decorated moleskin journals by different artists. By the way, I, is there a podcaster represented in that? If not, I volunteer myself. I didn't see a podcaster, but <laughs> but right, but they're all really, really creative. Why is that part of the the foundation's work? Because they were, I was deeply moved looking through them. I there was something very special about it. First of all, absolutely, you you're very much invited to make the the notebook. <laughs> all right, we, we don't have a podcaster yet, so you're more than welcome to, to be part of it. Um, look. I think that the collection is really an embodiment of um, of our concept of uh, of creativity of creativity for social change. The collection was created some years back, and is a gift. You know, some of the most incredible creative people in the world donated their their artistic notebook to us, and we use it for educational purposes. But not only that. All the young people that are part of our programming, in some of our programming, they have to, in, as part of their journey, um, they need to create a Moleskine notebook uh, that embodies their experience. So now we have this unique collection of more than 1,300 notebooks that brings together some of the most incredible artists like Philip Stark, like, uh, um, like Spike Jones, like Joanna Vasconcelos and many others uh, with uh, some of the young talents and people that as part of our program throughout the years, from Chad to Jamena Chad, to New York, to London, to Gabon, and they're all together in this almost this creativity relay. And I think this is the collection, is an embodiment of the idea that creativity lays in the hand of anyone who decides to use his or her own sensitivity and experience in a transformative way. And there is no better physical representation of this idea you know, than in this collection. That makes a lot of sense. I'm, I would urge people to go and look through and spend time reading through those because the, the answer that you just gave is really illuminated as you begin to spend time. And you can virtually go through and look at all of them. Last thing, what can people do stateside to participate in both the work of the Moleskine Foundation as well as the Wiki Africa Education Initiative. On one side, please, you know, follow us. Yeah. Uh, we we trying to you know work hard to try to showcase the things the things that we do. We also launch now uh, a publication. It's called Folios. You can find it online on our website and our Instagram. Um, a page, and we also just launched a, a podcast uh, that is called Creativity Pioneers Podcast, and uh, and there we we speak. Uh, I get into conversation with uh, people who we believe they embody this idea of creativity for social change, and it just want to be a moment of uh, of inspiration, so that uh, each one of us who. Uh, perceive themselves or want to start a journey of uh, of this idea of creativity and, and pioneering creativity unique and, and active this way can have in order to to find new inspiration, new tools and new language that maybe can be very practical for 
for their own life. So please listen to the podcast, uh, follow us on the, on our social media, because uh, more and more we try to also have online experiences. Starting with Wiki Africa last year, we launched a program, sorry, a campaign online. It was called uh, "The Solution Will Not Be Televised," where we asked to African um, uh, language speakers to help us translate entries about COVID-19 in African languages. That was very successful and very exciting. And, uh, and so we always have call to action like that to really uh, figure out a ways to somehow build new opportunities and, and, and build uh, somehow um, elements for the collectivity. So, so I would say just Stay tuned. We're going to come up with something new and uh, and let us know what do you see that, that works that doesn't work with our work. Uh, we're always very open to, to hear about that. And just like that, the drilling has ended in perfect timing for us <laughs> to stop recording. <laughs> Well, my very deepest thanks to Adama Sane and the work that he and his team are doing. To find out more about what is happening in the foundation, go to moleskinfoundation.org. The link will be in the show notes. The conversation that began here today will continue on all of our social channels. All of them have the same handle, New Activist Is, one word, New Activist Is. And a big thanks to Propaganda, who scored today's episode, All Things Propaganda Music Merch, coffee, everything can be found at prophiphop.com. Today's show was produced by Christina Gore. It was hosted and directed by me with additional editing by Chad Michael Snavely. And with that, we go back into the world. On behalf of Adama Sana, as well as my colleagues at International Justice Mission, I am Eddie Kaufholz. Take care, friends.